Today we're talking to Paul Chatterton of Lilac um, Community yep. in Leeds, um, which we'll talk about. And I, I, Paul, I often wonder how to talk to people I don't know, where, where to pitch the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I watched a YouTube video that you did, Everyday, Everyday Action or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I loved it. We're exactly on the same page. Um, Great. You went to live with the Zapatista. That must have been very interesting. Yeah, two years of solidarity work, stopped being an academic, and dug holes in the jungle for two years, carrying bags of cement. It was a bit of an eye-opener, but you know, the thing I liked about that is we came back thinking, what does it mean to be a Zapatista in the UK? That was the great kind of like sentiment I brought home. Um, and from there we started to kind of lay down infrastructure, you know, build alternatives, because that's what yeah. they wanted us to do, not hang out with them in Mexico, Mexico. go home and do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I'm coming from an environmental perspective. I've worked in the environment field for 25 years. Um, yeah. there's, there's, there's a crash coming. There's a yeah. Com yeah. combination of reasons, but it seems unavoidable now. And, and the people I talk to, they're all saying the same thing. Let's build infrastructure. Let's build a network of whatever it is, cooperatives, cooperative housing, yeah. cooperative employment, permaculture networks, yeah. transition networks. To catch people basically when the when the crash happens and and you know to mitigate the effects Indeed. and maybe push it back a bit, uh, but things yeah. need to happen. Things need to happen on the ground, which is why I'm, uh, which is why what you're doing is so interesting. Um, and I'm very interested in the uh, multi multiple home ownership society model. Yeah. Uh, in common ground in Leeds, where where did yeah. the multiple home ownership society idea come from? Um, the, sorry, the, the mutual home ownership. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, I suppose, a, um, a kind of coming together of lots of things the cooperative sector had been doing for decades and realizing um, how do we service this bit in the middle called intermediate housing. So not those that are on social rental housing provided by the state and not those in you know, occupation, but this big bit in the middle. Um, so how do we get together democratically and self-manage our own community um, along the lines of, uh, self-management but to build in economic equality so your housing the key thing with the emos the mutual home ownership society is that the value of your home is linked to wages and not local house prices it's more like owning a car than a house so you decommodify your asset and you jump out of the housing market into a social market which is really exciting everyone pays the same everyone pays 35 percent everyone pays the same percentage and that issue of parity is really important Everybody so if you get a percentage if you get promotion or something or you get a different job and your your income sub suddenly doubles then your housing costs double as well yeah. all right okay well you pay more yeah you, you just buy a greater stake in your housing quicker and then when you've paid off all the equity in your house that we've allocated you you only pay 10 percent as a service charge so you'll just get to that so you'll just get to the end of your 35% payment plan quicker if your salary goes up. Um, but we also, with the slightly higher earners, we ask them to take on a slightly higher, slightly higher proportion of the build cost of their homes, which is really exciting. Um, so we can, we can take on, say, 110 or 120% of the build cost of their home, which means that other people can take on 90 or 80% of the build cost of their home. So there's a, there's a leveling device there, yeah? Which is quite exciting. So it's yeah. So it's about equality, not yeah. just uh, cooperative ownership. So we better give people a bit of context. So you, you're talking about lilac in Leeds, yeah. which is low impact living. Indeed. At, what is it? Low impact living. Affordable community. 
affordable community, yeah. Affordable community, and that's 22 homes, is it? 20 homes um, with a common house. So there's about 50 odd of us that live there. We have 13 kids. And yeah, we started five years ago. I mean, the homes are built from straw, timber, and lime. So out of the box, we're a, car we're a carbon uh, sequestering community. So one of the big things is that just by the way we live, rather than building out of brick and cement, which is um, carbon emitting, we are carbon sequestering. So we're, we're a positive contributor to you know, climate change crisis just out of the box. And also the adjustments we make through changing the way we live, especially through the sharing economy at Lilac, reducing our community footprint of carbon emissions, car sharing, carpooling, cooking together, that kind of thing. We don't have to have 20 tools, 20 lawnmowers, 20 washing machines, you know, we share this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it ticks all um, the boxes. It's, um, it's, it's sustainability and yes. corporate co cooperative ownership and equality. It sort of ticks a lot of boxes. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw, I saw well, what I'm calling us now is... So, sorry, go on. I, what I'm calling us now is you know, like the whole scientific community is talking about how do we hold temperatures to 1.5 degrees of global warming? Yeah? So, you know, I mean, that's what that's the big challenge from Paris from the Paris Agreement. What I'm talking about now is that Lilac is a 1.5 degree compliant community. You know, we're living within the boundaries of our global biosphere, and how do we replicate that on that basis? So, we need a, an urgent and rapid transition. To, one, to hold 1.5 degrees of global warming. So we are a 1.5 compliant neighborhood. That's the exciting thing. It's a bit like the one planet. It's a bit like the one planet development um, idea where you, you pledge to live within one planet in Wales. Well, it is, and it's a bit more than that now, isn't it? Because we've also got to um, go beyond the 100% reduction, right? So. The one, we've actually got to make up for our previous sins almost, right? Yeah. And start yeah, to yeah. radically, not just get back to a baseline, but also take it further, yeah? So yeah. we've got more than catch-up to do. I'm very interested in what you're doing there. It's, 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 it's about ownership of land, uh, not just about building technology, although, although yeah. that's very interesting too, obviously. But it's, it's, it's land values um, that have produced the housing crisis, isn't it? It's not the price of the buildings themselves. So, uh, so any any model that challenges that has to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean we've got massive market dysfunction, yeah, where we've got volume builders, land banking, and what they're doing is they're building things on sites. They happen to be called houses, but all they are is a device to extract as much money as possible for shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a completely defunct model. Um, what we need uh, is land tax reform community land reform where vast tracts of land are put back into community homes because it's the communities that can build in community wealth so we know how to build community wealth so money circulates within the local economy that's the key thing um that's what that's what community housing like co-ops and clt community land trusts can do we can recycle community wealth so what was your role in starting lilac well, I was one of the co-founders with, with about six of us that had the original idea and we took it through, we held that vision and then we put a membership out um, and then we grew from that initial six up to 50 odd people. But I live there now, so I've lived there for five years. Okay. Yeah, so it, so must make you, it must make you feel really good to see something in real, in existence, not just an abstract idea. It does. And we still have dozens of people coming through the door who want to see 
what we've done because there's nothing like a good example because everyone's like well how do we tackle all these big problems and you're like well just we do this you start now you think big start now and just and 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 just build from there yeah and just try some stuff so a lot of it's about prototyping feeling quick learning moving on developing because we're still a learning community the thing about lila we're still learning we're still developing so there's, you know we've, we've not found some kind of like endpoint yet and it's not that some of the houses are affordable is it they all are aren't they yeah i mean so um they're all on the same basis it's a leasehold so you all get a lease from the society and then once a month the whole society pays a mortgage payment to the bank so um, everybody is a sort of a homeowner rather than a renter that's right so everyone's a homeowner everyone gets a lease you get a you know you get a permanent lease um and you pay a third of your income and so in return for that and and, and what the, what that in, what that third pays for is is the the price of your home but also an 80 percent reduction in energy bills because we've got very um, We've got um, very high insulated houses and we've got a fully repairing lease. So actually you get quite a lot for that 35%, even though it feels quite a, a big outlay. There's a lot of hidden costs in home ownership these days yeah. with yeah. high fuel bills and high repair bills. And what about if you end yeah. up on benefits? Is it still, I don't know, is it 35% of your benefits or is there a certain level you pay if you're on benefits? Yeah, unfortunately it doesn't work on benefits because you can't buy, you can't accrue equity on benefits. So you've, we've got to freeze your equity and then put you on a tenancy. And you pay rent. We never, yeah. So, but we've never had to do that because one of the great things about Lilac is that rather than being in a housing association where you might just kind of get kicked out if you lose your job, we support you as a, as a community. You know, we might be right, okay. filling gaps, all that kind of thing. Because we're a co-op, okay. right? So we're good to our members, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so does, a, does a community land trust on the land um, and the co-op sort of looks after the buildings? Is that... Well, it doesn't. In our case, it doesn't, but it could do. It's just that we didn't have a land trust around when we set up our member co-op. So the member co-op owns the land, but it so would be just nice. the, the co-op owns the land as well as the buildings. Yeah, yeah. So Lilac, so Lilac Cooperative Limited owns the land and the buildings, um, which is great in a way because we're just a self-governing community. But you know, we're very outward-looking. But in an ideal world, there would be a community land trust in Leeds. In this case, we've got Leeds Community Homes now because we set up Leeds Community Homes to do this. And then we, um, Leeds Community Homes could start to replicate all these little co-ops and own the land in perpetuity under them. Yeah, that'd be the exciting thing. So it's a, it's a registered housing co-op? Yeah, we're a, we're a fully, you know, fully registered um, member, uh, an industrial and provident society, as we call it in England. Yeah, IPS, yeah. So is the thing that's new about the Mutual Home Ownership Society, the, the percentage of the income as your payment, is that the thing that's new? Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's right. Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, the government says you shouldn't exceed 35% of your income um, on housing because it, beyond that, it'd be unaffordable. So I suppose that the, the unique thing is it's, it's affordable in perpetuity because it's always 35%. And the, the big thing really is linking the value of your equity to local um, wages and not house prices. So rather than house prices doing this, they um, the value of lilac does this so it, it's linked to your wage so it doesn't ever get unaffordable because the big thing we've got the big problem is that wages are seven times lower than house prices in britain that's the issue whereas in lilac they're the same yeah job you got a waiting list 
Yeah, we had one flat come up the other month and we had 29 applications. 29 applications for one flat? Yeah, so we could, you know, we could build another island tomorrow. It's just about getting the groups together, getting the land. There's a massive appetite out there for people to live differently, you know, but the issue is we're stuck with the volume builders and unscrupulous private landlords, right? So we, we can do what we can do, but we want to create a whole movement where people can do this themselves, yeah? So, so I, I've, I've had a look at Stroud co-housing, and I think the the accommodation there has become unaffordable. Uh, yeah, I mean they're using a co-housing design, which is nice. But essentially, I mean you know they they're, they're great people, we know them, and uh, but I mean essentially they're private homes, so you can buy and sell them. So they let the market dictate the price of the housing. Right. Okay. The thing is, you know, the initial resident will benefit from a particular bill cost. But then they, you know, they let the market dictate. So what we need is um, some kind of um, price cap, yeah. So resell, we call it a resell covenant. You know, in the normal market, what we need is a resell covenant to say you can't, you can't sell your house over a percentage of uh, over a percentage increase. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, what's going to happen is we're going to get kind of green gentrification, yeah, where eco houses are just for the wealthy. Yeah. 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 So I'm just trying to think of the model, uh, some more about the model and what, what will keep them affordable in perpetuity. I suppose it's this clause which says that your payment is 35% of your income. Is that, um, could the members sort of decide to change that? Is there some sort of an asset lock on it? Um, in, when we bought the land from Leeds City Council, there's a covenant on there's a covenant on the land which says that if we dispose, if we all wound up the co-op and, and, and cap it, it um, we would have to dispose of the asset to a, um, a, a similar organization, a social Right, okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, we wouldn't yeah. be able to, yeah. So that's, that's you know, because we don't want to gain, I mean, sometimes co-ops get a bad name because of that cap it bagging. And, yeah. we, you know, we want to avoid that. And I think there's new legislation now that stops you doing that anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we need to like see co Co-ops as a positive influence in our society. Yeah. yeah, I used to live at Redfield Housing Co-op in Buckinghamshire, and they, they had an asset lock which right. said exactly that. It's an, if, if this property is ever so, we bought it for well, we people bought it for seventy thousand pounds in nineteen seventy eight, and now it's worth you know millions. And yeah. it's there's a there's a yeah, lock. Yeah, yeah. Says, yes, of course you can sell it, but you have to buy land and start a new community. Yeah. You have to give it to some umbrella organisation uh, in the cooperative world, which, which you know doesn't allow. The current members to make any profit out of it which is what the founders wanted um yeah so uh, so so yeah so 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 the difference between the uh, what do you call it M emos emos yeah the mutual home ownership society emos yeah yeah so that's what's so the thing that makes it different from a normal sort of cooperative or a community land trust is it is it only this sort of income uh, clause? Is that is that sort of it? That that's what makes it a different model. Well, you're buying uh, equity in your house, so you basically um, you are you're not just paying rent, which goes out, um, and you don't have any stake in your housing. You you every time you pay a, your member charge every month, that's buying equity in your house. So um, we your house is worth this much, and you're buying little bits of equity until you've bought all the equity in your house. Um, and then that's that's yours to take with you. So when you go, you get that value repaid, um, and then the incomer has the incoming member then has to buy that equity from you. 
but the the key thing is is the value of that equity which doesn't increase um so i guess so um, sorry go on no no fine go on yeah so i guess it sort of keeps you on the housing ladder if that's what you want to do yeah um but um well, no, yeah you're yeah, not going to get you're not going to get as much money out as you would if you bought an ordinary house at, 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 you know if you bought an ordinary house in the market and you sold it again you'd be higher up the 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 housing ladder but yeah. Because because it, uh, lilac it doesn't do that. Um, do you think people might sort of fall behind over time? The longer they stay there, the harder it is for them to get back on the housing ladder. Well, indeed, but and, and that's what we did. What's what we've discussed? But someone's got to make a stand. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of these things that like where we're we going as a society. And people have tried experiments over the years, and actually, we get a much stronger social return than the financial return. Yeah. Um, it's really important for us that we have a great life, you know, and it's actually what do you prioritize? Do you want to just buy a house, just be part of that system that's buying a house to increase it as an asset bubble? Yeah. And we just, we put a line in the, a red line in the sand. Not for yeah, good for yet. you. Good for you, really. It's, um, so do you, do, do people have to pass some sort of a, do, do people have to, um, do, do the members have to agree for somebody to join? They have to check them out and make sure they want to live with them? Yeah, like any membership organisation, you've got to be approved by all the members. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It could be a food co-op or a tractor-only co-op. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a membership co-op. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people tend to be self-selecting, but we try to keep an eye on diversity. So, you know, it's all, <clears throat> it's all pretty positive. I think, I think people find the terminology difficult, I think, um, meaning that I do as well. Um, so yeah. where, where does co-housing fit into this? Um, is, is that the umbrella term? Is is um, is mutual home ownership society? Is that a type of co-housing? Great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, it's nice to explore this actually because there's there's five key elements, right? Um, okay. Which make the world of community-led housing. So, and where are all of them in a way? So, the first one's co-housing, and co-housing is really just a design methodology where you yeah. just kind of like build in neighbourliness, how we how we lay out your community and how people interact. It's the architecture so rather than the ownership. Cool. Yeah, but it's the social architecture also. It's helping, you know what I mean? So like you build in places where people are going to bump into each other and look after each other. So how you design the layout and that kind of stuff, yeah? So that's co-housing. Yeah. And then you've got co-ops. So obviously co-ops is a, the kind of member democratic bit where you know you self-manage through cooperative structure. And then you've got your, the land trust bit. So the community land trust movement is the bit which is ownership of land, the stewardship of land yeah. by communities, which is the really important third bit. The fourth bit is the custom and self-build movement. And the custom and self-build movement are people like building their own houses. So say, we're not going to let the volume builders do it, we'll do it ourselves. That's the fourth bit. And then the fifth bit is actually the self-help movement. So this is a kind of like uh, people who are retrofitting their neighborhoods and saying we're actually going to empower ourselves and train ourselves up with new skills to, to deliver our own housing. So those are the five bits together which excitingly make this world called community-led housing. Yeah. So with the EMOS model, uh, do the houses have to yeah. be together? Do they have to be together in the same place or can they be scattered around a town? We're talking about little clusters of houses. So, you it's know, for me, co-housing and co-ops are like the perfect two houses of the same coin. And it's like, so the co-housing cooperatives are what I'm really into. So you have clusters of houses, maybe 20 or 30, and then they could be federated around town. So you could have like groupings and they all federate together. That would be really powerful. 
Because then you can so move I, between them. So you're not stuck in one place, you can move to the other one. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of living closely with other people. It's, it's, it's difficult to achieve. I mean, I, I can see three sort of main ways. There's a, a friend of mine called Rick, Rick Watson in Sheffield. They, 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 they bought five um, terraced houses in the same street and knocked all the fences down and made one big garden. They put a big sort of conservatory on the back, yep. linking all the houses Brilliant. together. Uh, that's difficult to achieve because you've got to find the houses that are next to each yeah. other. That's very difficult. Uh, and then there's new build, new sort of yeah, co-housing yeah. project, Lilac, etc., which is difficult to do. Uh, I think Lilac took six years, didn't it? Yeah. I think Bridport co-housing have just got their planning permission, but I think that's been in, in, in the running for you know, more than 10 yeah. years. Yeah. It, take, it takes a long time. Indeed. Um, or, or you can find an old school or a clinic or a disused council building or something like that yeah. and convert it which is probably the easiest to do, yeah. uh, but difficult to find yeah. the properties. Um, yeah. And plus, yeah. it, you know, so it can't spread as easily. How, how can we churn them out? How can we get more of yeah. them? No, sure, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, because the government's backing us with a big grant, this community-led housing grant, startup grant, so that's one big way we can do it. And things like these, what we call these city hubs, so Leeds Community Homes is the city hub for all this. Um, but the first one you mentioned, the retrofit co-housing is, I think, the biggest potential because most of the houses we're going to have in the future are already here, right? Yeah. Unless we're, yeah. we're not going to start bulldozing cities. Exactly. So retrofitting, take any street in Britain, knock down all the gardens, push the cars to one end, make the middle house a common house. You could transform every street in Britain overnight. It would be oh. and, and actually quite a low cost. So retrofitting our streets... How are you going to persuade all the people in the street to do it, though? Yeah, so, yeah, but that's interesting. So this is not a technical issue, is it? This is no. a behaviour change issue, then. Yeah. So that's where we need to... Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like anything. If we're going to deal with climate change, resilience, community breakdown, we've got all the technical answers. It's a matter of winning hearts and minds and just showing them that actually your life will be... You'll be able to flourish better if you live this way rather than that way. Yeah. Like, you know, just, we need a couple of more examples and people can go visit those streets and say, look, if we all park at one end, you create this massive home zone, which is safe for all the kids. You know what I mean? You can have a street party, cinema outside cinema. You could have the middle house, club together and buy it, have a, a cinema, clubhouse, meeting room, you know. I suppose how, how else are we going to live? How else are we going to rest our lives? Yeah, I suppose if people already own their own homes, to try and get them to sign them over to some other scheme would be really difficult. Yeah, yeah. And the, 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 the legal issue, because we in Britain are really tied up into like home ownership, right? And people are not going to want to be tied into this arrangement, this communal arrangement, because will it affect the value? The, the big problem is the values that people attach to their house, the financial value. So if that's the sacred cow, isn't it? And messing about with that is going to really scare yeah. people. How do we get over there? Um, but I think there's, there's going to have to be other incentives, isn't there, in terms of saying, actually, look, at um, this might increase the value of your home because, well, we see this anyway. You know, we need some studies. We need some research to say, if you transform the context, make a different place outside your home, it will actually increase the value of your home rather than reduce it. That would be very useful research. Look at places like Vauban in Freiburg. Yeah, look at a place like Vauban in Freiburg, completely car-free community where 80% um, of people cycle, you know, really beautiful green places. And, like, you know, the values of the homes are quite high. Um, we kind of know this instinctively. Good places to live, leafy suburbs, 
where there's less cars and more greenery, they're higher value places, yeah? And we're not yeah. talking about displacement and gentrification, by the way. We're talking about a different way of valuing our neighbourhoods. Yeah. So there's a UK MHOS uh, network now, isn't there? Um, is it a growing thing? I mean, yeah, it's, we've got a few. Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a movement in, in its infancy. We've got interest all over Britain, in Liverpool, Newcastle, Leeds, London, where people want to explore it. But, you know, I'd, be, I'd, I'd just be happy to support any types of innovations in housing that are kind of building community and, and, and cooperative ways of living and stuff. So that doesn't have to be MHOS. But if it, people want to do that, we're, we're open for kind of like supporting people, yeah? What's the main barrier, do you think? Uh, probably land, uh, but probably changing hearts and minds at the same time. So just doing kind of member education that people can live like this and it's going to be a nicer way to live. But also land, you know, releasing land, you know, because there's lots of tied up in corporate land banks and they're quite difficult to get hold of. You know, we all, we all live in communities where you see that bit of land over that fence, wonder who owns it, why it's been derelict for 10 years. You know what I mean? So it's getting hold of doing those asset transfers from councils and stuff like that, yeah. What can people do if they think it's for them? Where do they start? Where can they get more information? Where can they get stuck into something? Yeah, so there's, um, there's loads of support bodies, um, sector support bodies. There's like the UK Community Land Trust Network, the UK Co-Housing Network, the Confederation of Cooperative Housing, the National Self and Custom Build Portal. There's like loads of sector bodies here, yeah? And they're all, they can all offer support and examples for anyone. And what we're doing at Leeds, creating Leeds Community Homes is a, is a hub for the city where it's a one-stop shop for people who want to do this. And there's other examples emerging in Leeds, uh, sorry, in London, in Birmingham, other cities where we're supporting them to create these hubs. So there's plenty of support out there. And then I mentioned there's this community-led housing grant, which people can Google and find out about this, um, this multi-million pound government grant, which is a small startup uh, pot of money provided by Homes England. So this is the moment for community housing, actually. This is a really good moment. Loads of support out there and a bit of money. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, so well, this is actually the case. We've, we've got a few friends who, we're, we're all living in London and we want to sell our houses and we've got, we want to go start something like this somewhere else. We don't know where. Yeah. Um, where do we go? Where do we go for advice? Where do we go? Where's the first port, port, port of call? I would get on, I would just like Google the, um, uh, well, our, our Lilac's got a website, lilac.coop. We do four tours a year. Um, we, we host people and we show them what we've done. I've got my book on Lilac called Low Impact Living. That's so you can have a read of that. That's the whole mm -hmm. Lilac journey. Um, you can search that on, on the internet. Um, but as I mentioned, those sector support bodies. So have a look at the resources we've got on our website, leadscommunityhomes.org.uk. And then we've got the co-housing UK, UK co-housing website and the community land trust network website, which has got loads of great resources on. There's going to be a movement to create a portal for all these through a community led housing portal. So that's coming soon. But at the moment, all those links I mentioned, have got loads of great resources on. Um, and you'll get a sense of like the, the kind of schemes that have been done before and, um, and certainly drop us a line or, uh, and at least community homes because we can, we can offer people advice when they get in touch with us. 
Okay. And, and in London, you've got places like um, London Community Land Trust, where we've got a, a great website and resources. So in, in London, there's some great, great people doing stuff. The London Community Land Trust. So, so what are your ambitions next? And how can we help? Um, I'd like to see a thousand new um, community-led housing uh, homes built over the next 10 years. And that's what we're trying to do with Leeds Community Homes. I'd like to support as many little lilac projects across the country as possible so people get in touch. And if they're really up for it and they've got a focus group, help mentoring them, helping them through build um, little lilac type communities. I'm really up for that. And that's where I spend a lot of my time advising groups. But also getting them really into like, you know, we're building great places to live, but we're tackling climate change economic austerity you know so we're tackling the big issues of our time because as you said at the beginning we've got to do this anyway within a generation we've got to be living quite differently so let's do it this way yeah so we're um i'm, I'm interviewing some really really interesting people and they're all sort of building um you know networks of really great infrastructure on the ground mainly yeah. in the cooperative so I'm, I'm really interested in federating the sort of co-op stroke solidarity economy um and so i'm, I'm trying to yeah. draw uh things out of what people are saying to work out ways to federate um and um, that's brilliant yeah I'll, I'll subscribe you to the blog so you'll see the other people i'm talking to and you can have a listen and you can have a read of what they're saying as well that's brilliant and i've um, pulled i've pulled together loads of case studies i've just got another book out i pulled together, and i've got a great website for it so i pulled together loads of great case studies it's um UnlockingSustainableCities.org. It's all one word. UnlockingSustainableCities.org. I'll put, great I'll put all these links. Okay. I'll put all these links Lovely. in the description underneath the video. Yeah. Um, great to speak to you. It's really good that we've uh, building some momentum here. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll uh, I'll I'll speak to you again, and I'll be I'd love to be kept up to speed in what you're up to. Oh, how can people just be kept up to speed? Have you got a blog? Have you got a newsletter of? Um, well, in Lilac, we update our website. I, I'm on Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter, Paul Chapter 9. And then, like I said, this Unlocking Sustainable Cities. Um, people can like send me examples, and I'll put them on the website as we go along. So that's a great way to build this. Yeah, and we also run an, um, a master's course here at Leeds Uni, where I work on sustainable cities. So if people want to do a master's in sustainable cities, um, have a look at that as well. Fantastic. Good, good luck Great. to you, Paul. Good, good luck to you, and very nice talking with you. Thank you. Cheers, Paul. And to you, Dave. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye. Uh, bye.